Bills Mafia was good to Stevie Johnson, Mr. Why So Serious, and you now tuned in to the Lowdown with Jake Jordan. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the coolest place in Bill's Mafia outside of Western New York. I am your host, Jake. This is The Lowdown, and you are listening to the Built in Buffalo podcast network, where you only just don't have to listen to my show. You can listen to everybody's every single day on the podcast network, on the YouTube channel. There's content for you. Make sure to go check it out. Check everybody out on social medias, especially all of the Built in Buffalo pages that we have on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, even TikTok. Go check it out. And this week, you know, thankfully, I am not one of those shows that has to come on right after the game, because when you have that, you have a lot of overreactions, which don't get me wrong. I have a show on Mondays with my boy Justice called First Round Bye, where we brought bring people on. If you haven't checked out this week's episode, we brought on King Rich, and we also had Brother Bill on the one and only, and it was an awesome show. We also had Chris Collins on, was a bonus guest. It was an awesome time, and you know we that we got all of our overreactions out then. I I, I don't think I've never been one to really overreact past the game initially happening right the i think the only game where i kept my overreactions longer than that was the afc championship game because i knew i did not have a game to move on to there was no move on to the next city it was the afc championship game that was it but this game man i think this game still is sitting really really hard with a lot of people and that's just because the expectations were very very high for this game i can't say that i went into this game saying that you know the pittsburgh steelers were going to beat the buffalo bills uh i believe if you've listened to last week's episode you would know i 100% did not think that the pittsburgh steelers were going to beat the buffalo bills and i will still stand on the fact that the pittsburgh steelers may have beat the buffalo bills in the stat sheet but if you go back and watch that game the buffalo bills beat the buffalo bills ladies and gentlemen not the pittsburgh steelers costly mistakes by the team with discipline issues were the reason why the Buffalo Bills lost that game. And of course, because I am a show that, you know, when you're listening to me, you know, you're two days away from the next game. I do have to talk about the game that happened last week. You're probably already like, Jake, I know what happened. You know, everybody's talking about it. That's the downfall of happening so late in the week is that I have to go, well, I got to rehash this stuff because you already know that I only get one chance, well, I get two chances, but for the podcast network in general, I get one chance to talk to you guys about the game that happened the week before. So I got some problems in this game. I think a lot of people had some problems in this game. I'm not really you know, new to the, I'm not, I'm not new to everything here, right? Like I'm not the guy who's leading the charge. People have probably already said absolutely everything that you need to know happened in this game, but I got some things that I really want to bring up because, you know, 
Uh, I feel that it's worthy input and it's also, you know, actual problems that happen in the game that were bothering me while I was sitting there. If people don't know while I'm watching the game, I will take mental notes. And then when I'm rewatching the game, I will sit there with my little pen and paper while I'm sitting on my couch in my office and I will write down what I think needs uh, to be talked about. So, you know, I got quite a few things. There's two things. I have problems in the game and then things I liked, which uh, if, if I could show you exactly what is on my thing right now you would see there are like 10 things that i did not like and there were like two things that i did like so that can just tell you how this game went if for some reason you listen to these podcasts but didn't see the game just know that the buffalo bills lost the game last week to the pittsburgh steelers even though like i said i believe the buffalo bills beat the buffalo bills that game one of my big problems and i brought this up on Monday because I really, really am not going to handle this Josh Allen slander. And I understand Josh Allen did not have his best game. But in reality, if you look at the stats, they're very comparable to the last time we played the Pittsburgh Steelers, even last year when we were having a amazing year, right? So I really want people to know that this Pittsburgh Steelers team is a really good team. They're like going to be the number one defense in the league if not like top three at least you know so you don't have to get mad that their defense just showed why they're going to be the number one defense in the league uh just one of my problems was Josh Allen made some mistakes this game you know throws that should have been made whether it was you know the jitters for the first game whatever it is Uh, My one problem is that a lot of people immediately went to, well, Josh Allen is making all this money, which he's technically not right now. I mean, he got the extension, but he doesn't get that money for another two years. But just throwing that out there, I don't like when people go, well, this guy needs to carry the team now because he's getting paid a lot of money. Football is a team sport. Yes, the quarterback is the captain of the offense, you would assume, but Josh Allen is not going to be perfect. I'm sorry he got the deal. Not every quarterback is going to be perfect. Literally, Aaron Rodgers got 1.8 fantasy points last week, and the Packers got absolutely blown out, and now all the stories are that he's phoning it in when that is not the case. No athlete is ever going to phone it in, but Saying that Josh Allen needs to carry the team because he's making the money now is not how it works. I'm not going to put this on Josh Allen because the one thing that really killed the Bills' offense was the coaching, the play calls. And I'm not going to talk about the one specifically because they've been beaten to death. But if you've watched the game or you've rewatched the game because you recorded it or you were at the game, you could tell that there were some boneheaded plays and Brian Dayball was trying to be too cute in some aspects of the offense. And I'm not expecting Josh Allen to go out there and absolutely be a god every single game. But what I do expect of Josh Allen, and I'm not going to put, again, all the blame on Josh Allen, what I do expect of him, though, is to know 
when he needs to just take what the defense is giving him. He said it in the post game, and if you go back and watch the game, you can tell there are plays where Josh Allen had the wide open guy in the middle of the field for a shorter completion, but decided to go for the bigger one to get the bigger flashy play. And I understand that as a quarterback, you want to get that because guess what? That just makes you look better. It makes the team look better if you get these big old plays. Like That's kind of like the MO, right? But when you're going against a team like the Pittsburgh Steelers who decided to only rush three and drive so many people back in the coverage they knew they were daring the Buffalo Bills to beat them they needed Josh Allen to beat them and really my big thing with this play calling is why did we not run the ball that's kind of my you know man it really bothers me and I don't like to get all hot and bothered but one of the big big things that I saw during this game was Josh Allen threw the ball 51 times. I'm going to say that again. Josh Allen threw the ball 51 times, and I understand it. I understand that that's kind of the MO of the team, right? We're going to throw the ball. We're going to be flashy on offense. We've got all these weapons. Let's do it. But my problem is the Pittsburgh Steelers were daring you. They were not respecting the run. They knew that you were going to pass it. And in those plays, you should know that, hey, let's check and do a run or let's run a run play because they're obviously just expecting us to completely abandon the run. And, you know, we can get away with that against some teams, but with a team who's able to scheme up coverages to be able to absolutely cover all the weapons, which, you know, the times that they did play in man coverage, you know, our receivers did beat them. But when they're playing in these zones... And Josh Allen can beat zone, but in these zones, they were daring the Buffalo Bills to run the ball, and they didn't. And obviously, I hope that that game plan kind of changes this year. We'll talk about it. I do plan on talking about the Miami game. Obviously, that is the game that happens in two days. But just one of my big things was, you know, we lost this game mainly in part to the coaching staff and Brian Dayball not putting together the best game that he possibly could or making adjustments at halftime after seeing what the Pittsburgh Steelers were doing to the Buffalo Bills. The next big thing, which is totally not going to blow your mind if you watch the game, was the offensive line. The offensive line looked absolutely terrible and I'm not going to be calling for a new offensive line after you know one game but I am going to say we should have expected that going against a stout defensive line like the Pittsburgh Steelers that our offensive line which we know we have troubles in the interior the team has purposely I have Brandon Bean in his post season press conference after the Chiefs game brought up that he did not put all of the blame on the running game not being as effective on the running backs, which then goes into the other half of the equation when you're running it is the offensive line. So he wasn't putting it all on them, the offensive line, they acknowledged it. Then what does he go do? Well, he drafts two linemen, two tackles, and then brings in guys like Forrest Lamp, and, you know, you could tell that they know that the problem is the offensive line. This offensive line is not a top tier unit. While they can get it together and get the job done, again, 
They're not a top tier unit. It's known. And the big thing that should have told you that is when even after all the cuts down to 53 came in, they still would not announce who were going to be the starters on the offensive line in full because there is a problem with our interior offensive line. It seemed during this game that Cody Ford kind of locked up his spot. They were rotating him out with Ike Botker over at left guard and then eventually or maybe it was right guard, and whatever guard position they were at, Cody Ford cemented himself, and then after that, it moved to John Feliciano having to be switched out. Because John Feliciano, I'm sorry, was an absolute bum this game. I mean, I, I don't like to throw words like that around, but that game, even if John Feliciano watch that game, he knows he looked like a bum out there. And we know that John Feliciano isn't, you know, one of the best guards in the league, but we know that he's a, you know, I think he's a below average starter compared to what the Buffalo Bills need. I've said it that if John Feliciano was on like the New York Jets, he would be one of the best linemen, but on the Buffalo Bills, the standard that we need our offensive line to play at, John Feliciano is a below average, and I think we should have signed someone rather than re-signing him, but what do I know? He's he's best friends with Josh, and he's a good locker room guy. Okay, but that doesn't mean he still needs to be your starter. Uh, maybe let him go somewhere else if you you know could actually bring in somebody who could play the position better and would help Josh Allen, who you just paid this big massive contract, not be killed out there. Um, but you know, I'm not gonna sit here and just harp on. I mean, Deion Dawkins. Uh, I I give Deion Dawkins a little bit of slack on the rope just because he's coming back from COVID. We know what the complications could be. We can know how bad it was for Deion Dawkins. So him having three holding penalties. I mean, and I'm not even going to talk about the officiating this game. There were some BS calls, but that's just the name of the game. No matter how sad it really is, a bad calls are going to be a part of the game. And, you know, it was just a bad day for the Bills when it came to the calls. But I believe every single person on the starting offensive line had a holding call against them, except Cody Ford, um, which is surprising. Cody Ford being the best one on the offensive line while going into this offseason. I was pounding the table saying that Cody Ford was probably going to lose his job. So that just tells you how much we really know about that. But the offensive line hopefully can get it together this week. They put on a better showing against the Miami Dolphins, and Josh Allen has time back there to truly be able to make the plays that we know he can. And that's just all, you know, whatever the Miami Dolphins decide to give to us. So now I'm going to harp on the things. Oh, one last thing, coaching inconsistencies. Uh, I don't get it. Why would you not go for, I feel like kind of the Sean McDermott that was in the AFC championship game kind of creeped into this first game of the season. Uh, conservative McDermott came back and for some reason we were punting. I don't know. Maybe it's an analytics thing. They got people in their ears telling them whether, you know, to punt it or whatever in that situation. But, you know, going not going for it on a fourth and short where Josh Allen could easily sneak it, which, by the way, why are we running Josh Allen seven to eight times when we don't really need to? Uh, but when he can sneak in and get it, but then we're going to go for it on a fourth and long, very inconsistent when it came to the coaching and aggressiveness that came from it. Um, but that was another thing, but I want to get into the things that I liked about that game, right? 
So there were a couple things that I liked. The defensive line, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not going to say that they were out there absolutely manhandling the Pittsburgh offensive line because the Pittsburgh offensive line actually for having two rookies on it did not look that bad whatsoever but the defensive line really shut down the run game and looked to be getting pressure back there on big ben at points and that's just the one thing that i've always been asking for right big surprise was seeing that gregory rousseau was starting that was awesome to see across from jerry hughes really really liked that but you know just being able to see the defensive line actually in the defense as a whole just stepping up except for the cornerback two position which i'll talk about a little bit uh you know when it comes to the miami game but the defense as a whole from the defensive line perspective this week, hopefully we get Star Latula back. He's been limited the last two practices. By the time you're listening to it, you're probably still waiting for the Friday injury report to come out. Hopefully he will just be a limited, limited full thing, and then he'll be playing in the game. Could really use Star Latula back. But the defensive line didn't seem to be missing that much of a beat, especially with Horrible Harry in there and Vernon Butler, which was surprising. But I think that the defensive line has improved, and I think once the offense gets it together, this team is going to be complete and one of the most complete teams in the league. So I really like that. Milano, Edmonds, Poyer, Hyde, you know, those. I was really impressed with Tremaine Edmonds. He didn't really look like he was kind of going with the flow. He kind of looked like he was recognizing things at points, and that's what I want from Tremaine Edmonds is I need that killer instinct to really come in. And he made some really good stops, him and Milano. I really like that tandem. I really hope they can continue to grow. Milano got his money. Hopefully, Tremaine Edmonds can get his in time. With more development and Poyer and Hyde, what can you say about them? Both studs and Tredavious White for the most part, except having a BS holding call pulled on him when he could have got an interception that could have you know, really changed the tide of the game and getting mossed but he i mean he was in great position for that one but uh the secondary as a whole i would say everybody was carrying their weight except the cornerback two position and you know speaking of the cornerback two position why don't we take this moment in time ladies and gentlemen to get into the miami dolphins game yep the dolphins are one and oh with their win over the patriots last week and you know what I think this is going to be a good game. I'm not going to come out here like I did the Pittsburgh Steelers. I was probably a little bit too hyped, and I dropped a Stone Cold Steve Austin promo. It was an awesome pod last week, and I truly think that this week is going to be a little bit closer, and we can get a little bit into that, but I'm going to tell you what I want to see from the Buffalo Bills going into this game that I found were the real problems that we had kind of last week. So I, I want to talk about cornerback, too. This game is going to be the pick on Levi Wallace game because that's exactly what last week was, was the pick on Levi Wallace game. And I think that Miami knows that. They're going to try to find a weakness. Now especially, they're going to have Devontae Parker, Jalen Waddell, and Will Fuller. I think whoever's matched up against against Levi Wallace, then you might want to have that person in fantasy because I think that dude is about to get a lot of of targets regardless of what receiver it is um i think that we've always been lacking at the cornerback two spot right that's kind of like a thing that's been consistent with 
the Sean McDermott defenses is the cornerback two spot has never been the spot where they're like, oh yeah, that is definitely the position that we need to have locked down. It's never been. There's always been a dominant corner and then someone, some guy who has some traits, but isn't exactly, you know, locked down at cornerback two. It's from the times in Carolina, even here, we've had Levi Wallace for the last, I believe, three years, three years, four years. Uh, but I'm 100% thinking that Levi Wallace is, I think he'll get into his own. It's going to take some time. Levi Wallace, again, a guy that I've been clamoring to upgrade from. I think Levi's a good depth guy, but I don't think he's an amazing cornerback too. But you don't have to take my word for it. Maybe you'll love Levi Wallace. I'm, I'm not going to you know, shout out any names, but I do want to say that one of the things that I am the most surprised about is Miss T Estelle, who has the Not Your Average podcast in the 716 on the Built in Buffalo podcast network, does believe in Levi Wallace. And you know what? I really hope she's right because I really want, you know, Levi Wallace to come into his own. And I would like to see Levi Wallace actually be able to truly be a lockdown cornerback too. But I just know that from i he obviously he's come from being a undrafted guy and now he's in a position of being a cornerback too uh i don't think that the buffalo bills ever truly bring in deep competition for levi wallace i understand the josh norman situation last year that was a josh norman way past his prime and everybody knew it um i think that Levi is going to get picked on this game. I think it's just going to be a repeat because the Dolphins saw what happened last week, and I'm just truly not expecting that. But what else am I expecting from this game? Well, I need the offensive line to bounce back because uh, one of the things that they're going to have to show is that they can protect Josh Allen. Now, it's one thing to get absolutely bullied by one of the best defensive lines in the league, but you know, for a team that's losing their star nose tackle, maybe stars a little bit uh, big of a word, but they are going to be without their, you know, good run stuffing nose tackle the Miami Dolphins will be this week. So I'm really going to be expecting the offensive line to really, you know, get that energy back to where they're going to be a cohesive unit that can give Josh Allen the time that he needs to be able to do what Josh Allen does against the Miami Dolphins. And of course, I'm going to look at those numbers. Everybody's going to pull up those numbers and be like, yeah, Josh Allen absolutely owns the Miami Dolphins every single time he plays them. That is not something that you can refute. It is something that is fact. But Josh Allen really is going to go into this game. And I still think it's a clean slate. Every single time we play the Miami Dolphins, it's a clean slate. And I think that Josh Allen, depending on how they're going to choose to attack him, I think the Miami Dolphins are really going to look at what the Pittsburgh Steelers did and try to replicate that where maybe they don't try to blitz as much and maybe they don't rush as many people and they try to drop more people back into coverage and they try to, you know, get to Josh Allen a little bit more. But one of the big things is that I need the offensive line to at least give Josh Allen time or I need them to really, really be good when it comes to the run blocking. And that's kind of the big thing. Uh, I harped on not running the ball enough last week. And, you know, during the season last year, I really wanted to see us run the ball a little bit more uh, on my podcast, The Jordan Hour, when I was at the Buffalo Fanatics. I talked about it. We talked about 
the run game and the deficiencies that we had there. But one of the big things that we saw was Devin Singletary. The runs that Devin Singletary had during the Steelers game were actually really, really good. I think he was very effective, and I really liked what I saw coming out of Devin Singletary. But we didn't really do much. But one of the big things going into this week is it's going to be raining. I'm here in Florida. I know the, I know what the forecast is going to be. It's going to be a rainy day down there in South Florida. And one of the things that I think the Buffalo Bills can do to combat that is run the damn ball. Now, the Dolphins are still going to be expecting us to go down there and absolutely throw it all over the yard, which I really... Hope that we get some semblance of that. But if they are going to do that and invite the run, unleash Devin Singletary and Matt Breida. Now, this was the thing that I saw. Apparently, some people seem to believe that Zach Moss being scratched for Breida is kind of like a thing. Um, like them being petty. Uh, I, I don't really see that. I think it's just having two running backs that have different play styles that you think you can utilize. Matt Breida brings the speed. I've been preaching it all offseason. Listeners, they know. I've been saying that Matt Breida, I think, should be RB2 because I think Zach Moss and Devin Singletary kind of have a redundant skill set when it comes to the both of them. I think that Zach Moss was really brought in uh, to kind of push Devin Singletary a little bit more. And if Devin Singletary did not pan out, then we have Zach Moss in the wings. But Matt Breida brings a whole different skill set when it comes to receiving and having that absolute speed that neither Singletary or Moss have. So I think it's going to be Singletary and Breida again this week. But the run game, man, this really is where the Buffalo Bills need to show out. If it's raining, then I I don't need this to be a repeat of two years ago when we played Philly and we were just trying to throw the damn ball all over the place and when we should have been running the ball, which is exactly what Philly did to us and they beat us. So if it's raining, cats and dogs, it's pouring out there. It looks like Moses is about to come into Hard Rock Stadium with the Ark. You better run the damn rock i swear like i think that that's going to be a key to this game whoever can run the ball more efficiently and i do believe that that team needs to be the buffalo bills with devin singletary now let's talk about miami right uh we know their quarterback to a tongue of Iloa. a lot of people like to throw the name around of to a turn of which he did do last week in a critical moment against the New England Patriots and the Dolphins still squeaked out a one point win, which is something I'm not, I mean, a win's a win, baby. So, you know, they're one and oh, they're Kings of the AFC East, at least for this week. And then, uh, they, they get to play us, but Tua, you know, didn't really look that great during that game. Obviously he had some great plays, but, uh, if, if you just go listen to Joe Marino or you listen to other podcasts, I'm sure everybody's brought up the stats that if you can make Tua have to hold onto the ball longer than two and a half seconds, then Tua's, I believe it is his, uh, his completion rate or whatever drops. It's absolutely ridiculous. He is his total QBR. It's it drops by like 40 points, right? If he gets the ball in under 2.5 seconds, it's in the hundreds. It's really good, right? So when we're talking about Tua, I think that this is where a defensive line is going to have to come in. The offensive line for the Miami Dolphins isn't something that is a strong suit of theirs. I believe that 
uh, and I mean, I said the same thing about the Pittsburgh Steelers too, but somehow we did get some pressure, but we didn't get enough to really stop Big Ben. And that's kind of the problem. Big Ben gets rid of the ball fast. What does Tua do? He also gets rid of the ball fast. JC Jackson said it after the game that, you know, Tua, when he doesn't get his first read, kind of drops off. And that's kind of the point. If he doesn't get his first read, then, you know, the QBR drops off. That's kind of just what happens. And if you look at the stats, that's exactly what happens. Uh, you know, and that's why I think that when it comes to Tua's first read, the first read is going to be whoever's on Levi Wallace. That's why I had to bring up the whole Levi Wallace tirade is just because he's going to get picked on because I believe Tua's first read is always going to be whoever is on Levi Wallace. So I think that the Bills are going to have to play a little bit of help with Levi Wallace just so that we can make Tua have to spend a little bit more time to beat us. And I I can't wait for this. Uh, I think that the Buffalo Bills are, I mean, when they face the Miami Dolphins, they usually put together Leslie Frazier and Coach McDermott always put together a good game plan. They did it last year against Tua on the last game of the season, and I really do think that they're going to do it again. Now, I don't think it's going to be as dominant. I think that the Dolphins are going to come out with a chip on their shoulder because they know what happened to the team last year. But I really need them to get pressure on Tua, and I really need the coverage to be at least decent enough to make Tua have to make second decisions, force Tua to his second read, and you should have some success when it comes to stopping that Miami Dolphins offense. Plus, they haven't really got their run game going either, but maybe they will because it's raining as well, and the Buffalo Bills are going to have to stop that, which they did you know, pretty good of stopping that when it came to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, I want Josh Allen to take what Miami gives him again. Uh, Miami Dolphins, they have presumably played man against uh, Josh Allen. Sometimes they played zone and Josh Allen's picked them apart. But I think that we have the kind of receiving course that I think they might play a little bit of zone again. They played zone last week against New England and we're getting, you know, Mac Jones was driving up the field on him. And I think that if they try to play zone to control every single guy on our, like, in our receiving corps, they're still going to have trouble with it. And if they play man, they're definitely going to have trouble with it. Uh, I'm looking to Cole Beasley to have a good game. They've got Needham in the slot. I don't think he's exactly the best slot corner. I think Cole Beasley can eat. I need Cole Beasley to not have as many drops this game. I'm looking for the discipline overall of this team to really grow as it comes into this game and moving forward into the season. And just the last point, we got to beat man coverage. I really think that the Miami Dolphins are going to truly, you know, go into man and, you know, really test to see what our weapons can do. And I think our weapons are going to stop them. If I had to do a prediction for this game, I think that I would go probably the Dolphins 14 and the Bills are going to go 28. I'm going to say 28 to 14 Bills is going to be my prediction for this week's game. Some people have it much closer. If it's closer, I don't think my heart can take it, ladies and gentlemen. I don't think that yours can either. But however this podcast is finding you, whether you're sitting at home just getting ready for the game or you're at work or you're on your way to work or you're coming home from work or you're getting a workout in before the weekend and you're just listening to buffalo bills football talk i want to thank you for listening to this show make sure to go check out built in buffalo on everything else on facebook on twitter on instagram check it all out you can see graphics from your boy and the rest of the built in buffalo 
crew and make sure to listen to the podcast all throughout the week if there's a back catalog you can go through listen to them there's some awesome podcasts this week and you don't want to miss them i mean everybody has their own different insights make sure to go check out monday's first round by that did get uploaded to the podcast network because it was such a great show and yeah i will see all of you guys next week you have been listening to the coolest place in bill's mafia outside of western new york i've been your host jake this has been the lowdown Thank you.